Wasn't it, isn't it great to be here today and to enjoy all of the rich cultures that we have in our church here? Um, you know, the Bible tells us that in heaven, we will see people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. And um, Canada's a bit like that. People have come from every nation, tribe, and tongue to settle here, and Gateway is also like that. I mean, I just wonder if in heaven, you know, maybe I was just thinking this morning during the service, I wonder if the angel Michael will make an announcement, let's all welcome the Gateway Indonesian dancers now, you know, as they come <laughs> And uh, because people will be there from every tribe and from every culture, and so Stick around after the service and enjoy um, celebrating Canada Day with us. At least we've got some, well, last time I looked out the door, we had sunshine. I hope we still do. Today, I just want to talk for a little short time about, really about what we sang about in the last song that we sang there. We sang about how God has so many promises and He wants to give them to us. Sometimes, though, there may, be, there may have been a promise, a blessing, a situation that you've been praying for, believing for, and it just looks like nothing has changed yet. I want to start by showing you a verse today from the book of Hebrews, a really interesting verse, and it says this, Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36. It says, do not throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. This is an amazing verse in the Bible. It has got so much in just this one sentence. So let's just have a look at it. Let's just break it down a little bit. It says, what is the subject of the, the, the sentence? Receiving what God has promised. Look at the end. You will receive what God has promised. So this verse is telling us how we can receive what God has promised. You know, it may be in lots of situations in life that something belongs to you that maybe you have inherited something or you've won a prize or, or whatever it may be, and something now belongs to you, it is promised to you, but you've not received it yet. And the reason you've not received it is because you don't know how to receive it. I, I don't know what the, like, so I've only lived in Canada for 10 years. I have never been on, like, government benefits or things like that, so I don't know how the system works here, but I know how it works in the UK. And how it works in the UK is, even if you have been a taxpayer for all your life, and then you've had to come off of work or something like that, the people at the government office who organize the benefits don't tell you what you're entitled to. You need to know and go and ask for it. And there are people who are entitled to things that they never receive. But then there are other people, some of whom have never needed to work a day in their life because they know how the system works. 
And because they know how the system works, I mean, it's like if they put as much attention as they put into working out the system, if they put that attention into building a business, I'm sure it would take off and flourish. But they have studied the system and they know how all the government benefits work. And so they know what to ask for and which documents to fill out and they receive it. Whereas there's other people that are entitled to things that they never ever receive. It's not that it's not been promised to them. It's not that it's not available to them. It's that they do not know how to access them. And you know, God has got lots of promises. Yes, by far the greatest promise is everlasting life with Him in heaven. But that's not the only promise. Some people are just waiting for their life to come to an end to get that one promise. It's like the famous story, every preacher tells it, you've probably heard it ten times, of the man during the days when you had to get a ship before airplanes, and you had to get a ship from Britain to North America, this man only had enough money to buy his ticket. He didn't have enough money for food and all of that kind of stuff, so he just brought cheese and crackers onto the ship. He bought his ticket, went into the ship, and he stayed in his cabin the whole time, however three or four weeks or however long it took for the ship to get to New York. And then as everyone was disembarking the ship, the captain was shaking everyone's hands, and he said to this man, I don't recall ever seeing you in the dining hall. And the man said, yeah, I didn't have enough money for the food, so I just stayed in my cabin. And the captain said, the price of the ticket also covered every single meal on the way. And many Christians know that Jesus died on the cross so that we can have everlasting life, but some of you are just eating cheese and crackers, spiritually speaking, waiting till the ship arrives at the port in heaven so that you can disembark. But when Jesus paid the price for your ticket, he paid the price for every meal along the way. All of God's promises are yes and amen. And don't, don't miss out on any of them. You will receive what is promised. How? Well, you have to do a couple of things. Number one, don't throw away your confidence. It says in the book of Psalms, my confidence is in the Lord who never fails me. Don't throw away your confidence because it has a, a rich reward. But, but what do you need to do? You need perseverance so that you will receive. And you know, today is Canada Day. And when I came to Canada 10 years ago, I really for the kind of first time started hearing about the long and ancient history of Canada, which is like three weeks old or something like that. <laughs> Do you know, like, in the UK, we live in houses that are older than the entire nation of Canada, you know. And so I would come here, and I would find out a little bit about, for instance, the pioneers. Now, it was all new to me, so I found it interesting. Not so much my kids. They would come home from school, and they would say, I would say, what did you do at school? The pioneers. I said, I thought you did the pioneers last year. We do them every year. And the Iroquois Confederacy. I thought, well, I mean, like, there was no King Henry VIII or anything like that here. I mean, I guess that's the history. And so the pioneers, when you think about it, they went on a long, long journey because the crown 
had promised that if they could get to certain places, they could claim the land there and fence it off or whatever, put the posts in or whatever you did when you claimed the land, and that they would have an inheritance that they could settle down there. But you know, they didn't just, they, they didn't just get on a jet plane in Europe and fly to Edmonton International Airport and then get on an Uber and say, take me to this piece of land. It wasn't that easy. They had a promise. They had been given a promise that there was an inheritance waiting for them, but they had a long, long journey to go on. I mean, there was lions and tigers and bears on the way, you know? And so they had a, a long journey to go on. They're, I mean, like, these people were crazy. You realize that? I mean, like, minus 30 degrees in the winter, and there was, like, no heating. No pedways had been invented yet. I mean, they, had, they went about with mustaches that were frozen solid. And, and they had to persevere. But if they persevered and finally got there, they inherited the promise. But if they gave up on the way, if, if they lost their confidence... Even though that promise was there, they didn't inherit it. People, God has got a land of promises. In the Old Testament, it, they talk about the promised land. But metaphorically, it's like a land of promises, a life of promises. I don't know what promise you need from God, but don't give up your confidence that it will come to pass. Even if the circumstances look like everything and all hell is fighting against you, do not cast away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You just need some perseverance. So after you've done everything you need to do, you will receive the promise. Let's look quickly at a few promises. Number one, forgiveness. Let's look at forgiveness. Maybe you need forgiveness today. Maybe you are walking around under a burden of guilt and of regrets. And you look back upon your life and you regret so many decisions that you've made and so many things that you've done. Maybe you just feel like you don't deserve to be forgiven. Maybe you feel like, well, I'm a Christian, and like, I just feel like a sorry excuse of a Christian. I mean, a Christian should know better. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Every, all Christians think they're not a good enough Christian. I mean, I sometimes pray and say, Lord, I don't know why you called me to be a pastor. I don't even feel like a good Christian. Everybody feels like that. And... Well, well, maybe some people don't, but let me put it this way. It's probably better to feel like I'm not a good enough Christian, thank God for His grace, <laughs> than to strut about thinking, boy, I'm the hottest Christian in town. If everybody could just be... Remember that, remember that story that Jesus told. He said, a Pharisee, a religious person, and a tax collector, Johnny No Friends, both go to the temple one day, and they both pray. 
And the religious guy prays and says, God, I thank you that I am not like other people who are sinners and so on, and I'm not like that tax collector over there with no friends. Oh, I just thank you that I am such a righteous man. And then Jesus said the tax collector prayed, and he bowed his head and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said it was the tax collector who left the temple justified in the eyes of God, not the religious Mr. Goody Two-Shoes guy who thought he had it all together. We all need forgiveness. Maybe you're not a Christian because you think, well, I couldn't be a Christian. I couldn't be good enough. I couldn't live up to that. I've made so many mistakes. Look at this. If we confess our sins to God, He will keep His Say it again. This is one of the promises. He will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all wrongdoing. If you are going about filled with guilt and regrets, you've come to the right house today. God is in the house and he is in the business of forgiving and washing away our past and giving us a brand new start. Receive his forgiveness today, people. Second promise that God gives us is the promise of inner peace. And by the way, just being forgiven goes a long way to getting inner peace. But very often, our minds are assailed by worries and anxieties and concerns. Look at this. Do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. You know, it's like, if this was my anxiety, could, could you come and stand here a second? You be God, okay? And, I'm, and this is my anxiety, and I'm holding on to it, and it's got a list of all my worries on it. And if I don't have any worries of my own, I just need to flick through Facebook, and I can find plenty of things to be offended about in life. And all these things are bothering me. They're all bothering me. And God says, stop worrying. Stop going through your list of worries. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Present your requests to God. And look, I've not got the worries anymore. I've not got them. I've given them to God. Now, we'll take them back now because I need them, but thank you very much. But um, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. People, people are going to talk about you and they're going to say, that person's kind of like a bit daft. Well, how, how do you say that? They've got a thousand things to be worried about and they're going about as if they don't have a care in the world. I don't understand it. Bingo! You won't understand it. It transcends understanding. The peace of God, even you will say it like, I don't know why. I, 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 sometimes when we have a big service, I say to the staff, we must have forgotten something. Have we forgotten something? Like, we're not rushing around at the right. No, everything's done. You say, I don't understand why we're so peaceful. We, we, when we're not worrying, we think we should be worrying. Some of us are so unfamiliar with the feeling of being peaceful inside that we think there's something wrong when we're at peace inside. We don't understand it. It transcends all understanding. And then that peace, it comes around your mind and it comes around your heart like a security guard. 
And it tells all anxious thoughts, you're not getting in here. If you are troubled today, if you have anxiety and worries and concerns, when we get to the end, we're going to pray a prayer, we're going to present them all to God, and we're going to receive His peace. The next promise is the promise of guidance the guidance. Very often we don't know what to do in life. We don't know what decisions to make, what path to take, what way to go. But God promises us that if we will follow Him, that if you wander off the road to the right or to the… Politicians need need this one, by the way, (laughs) because they all want to wander off the road to the extreme right or the extreme left. You will hear his voice behind you saying, here is the road, follow it. God will lead you down the right road. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me down the right path for my life. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, this doesn't literally mean you'll hear a voice behind you. Who who was that? Who who was that? (laughs) You know, obviously, it's a figure of speech. And if we read the whole passage, what it's saying is that that God teaches us, as we go through our journey of life, God teaches us a little bit at a time. Um, Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, is what it says in the passage. What it's saying is, as we're going through life and we don't know what to do, and we are praying and asking God for guidance, guidance will come to… You won't just hear a voice saying, now here is my plan for the next five years. Hurry up and get a pen out and write it down. The next five years of your life, you will not have to think about anything. Just write this down and fall. That's not what God's like. He doesn't want robots. He wants children that he's in relationship with. So what he does is when we pray and ask for guidance, we will get it through all sorts of sources. We'll be reading the Bible and something will speak to us. We'll come to church and somebody will say something. We'll, we'll, uh, we will be t- having a conversation with somebody and they will say something and we'll think, oh my goodness. You'll switch on the TV at just the right time and somebody says something, oh, and it will catch your attention. And all of a sudden, your things will become clearer to you. You will feel like there is a guiding force saying, That's not wise to go that way, and that's not wise to go. Choose the path of wisdom. If you need guidance, God will guide you if you will commit your ways to Him. What about provision? Maybe you're saying, I'm okay with the inner peace and with the guidance. I just need a few more dollars. That's what I need. Well, give, and you will receive your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, make, to make room for more, and running over, poured into your lap. What you need to understand is that um, they had, uh, you know, the, the, the clothes that they wore, if they were going to, to uh, stay to buy some grain and they didn't have enough room in their bag, they could get their big apron type of thing, and they could fill it with grain. And the idea is that you're walking back to the house, and your lap is overflowing with groceries. 
because you went to Safeway and they had given up the plastic bags and so you had to use your apron now. That's what it's talking about. It's saying if you will be generous and give, generosity is like a magnet. It activates the law of attraction. It begins the law of faith that as you sow, so shall you reap. God is a God of provision. Hey, at the end of the service, we'll be taking up the offering. <laughs> and if you want to be, take advantage of this promise, give, and it shall be given to you. Okay, but these are all personal things. I want to be forgiven. I want inner peace. I want guidance in life. I need provision to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish in life. But today's Canada Day, and we started off talking about the pioneers coming here and so many. I mean, like everybody in this room, either you came to Canada from someplace else or your ancestors came to Canada from someplace. Everybody did. I mean, like everybody came here at some point. I mean, like the, even the First Nations people came here from someplace else originally. The Vikings came here. Brennan the explorer, that monk guy, the navigator, Brett, whatever his name was. I mean, all of these people came. Like, I mean, I've been watching The Curse of Oak Island. I mean, the Knights Templar and everybody. I mean, it seems like everybody came here at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if Cleopatra turns up in Oak Island as well. Everyone came here from someplace or other at some point. And so we're on this journey, to, and we're in this land... And this is a good land. I mean, it's very easy for us to complain. We complain about things that we don't like. We complain about politicians that we didn't vote for. But church, I could take you to some countries and after two days you would say, take me back to Canada. We have a good land where we can worship God freely, where we can live our faith, where we have protection and so on. It's not perfect, but it's well, what can we do about that? That's our job as God's people. Look at this promise. Look at this one for the nation. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God is a prayer-answering God. He will answer prayers that you pray for yourself. He will answer prayers that you pray for other people. And He will answer prayers that we pray pray for our nation. So let's just look at, the, or let's just finally go to our first verse again. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Come on, let's stand together. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to lead us in a prayer together, and we're going to pray for God's promises to come true in our lives. I'm going to mention the ones that we've already looked at, but maybe there's even others. Maybe you need to receive healing. Maybe you have a child that's like the prodigal son that's straight away, and you want to pray that they return home. Whatever it may be, there's so many promises that we didn't have time to cover 
So what I want us to do is let's just close our eyes right now, quieten our hearts, and I want you to just think for a moment, meditate upon something in your life that you right here and right now are going to pray and ask God to intervene in. Just think about that situation. Call it to mind. And say this with me. Father God, today I bring to you all of my concerns, my worries, and the things and people that are upon my heart. I bring them to you today in prayer. I place these situations in your hands. Take them. Move in your power. I release them into your care. Right here and right now, I ask for and receive God's promises, forgiveness for all of my sins, inner peace for my heart and mind, guidance for my life, provision for my family, and healing and revival for my nation. I bring myself, my family, my friends, my church, and my nation, and place them all in the hands of God. And I believe that I receive every promise from my loving Father in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen.